Hey everyone, happy Friday. I'm Brian Colbert Kennedy, and this is Important Not Important, science for people who give a shit. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now so you get this audio newsletter every Friday, plus our conversations with the smartest people in the world every Monday, and sometimes Tuesday. You can find the digital version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter or right from your show notes. It's Friday, December 3rd, 2021. Welcome back, shit givers. And to all of our new readers, welcome for the first time. Every week, we provide you with the make or break news, helpful context and analysis, and action steps that you can take to improve your game and the world around you. Along the way, you'll better understand why things are the way that they are, how all of the inputs and outputs are connected, and how you can most effectively stir shit up. We met some of our new INI coworkers for the first time yesterday, and it was a delight. We've got so much exciting shit coming your way in the months to come. Let's fucking go. This week summarized, McDonald's isn't trying. Biden's test plan has to be better. Plant-based meat math is obvious. We need more biotech data scientists, and we need less crime prediction software. Hey, this week's newsletter is sponsored by our friends at Avocado Mattress. In the face of an escalating climate crisis, what does it mean to do our part? A Little Green is a short podcast series from Avocado Green Brands. Follow along as they demystify the questions that many of us find ourselves asking these days and show how we can each challenge the status quo and become climate leaders in our own communities. Protecting our planet will take all of us, so let's dig in together. Find A Little Green wherever you listen to your podcasts or head to avocadomattress.com to learn more. Do better, better. What happens next? Unraveling the geopolitics of the fossil fuel industry, electrifying all of our transportation, buildings and supply chains, reorienting healthcare into everyday value-based wellness. They're all examples of massive interconnected projects that will require an exhausting focus on not only uncovering first principles and why the hell is this this way to start with, but also interrogating the potential second order effects of each new decision point along the way. But there's a cheat code. Reverse engineering existing systemic outcomes is a helpful way to practice predicting second-order effects, whether you're crafting policy on a national or local level or deciding to commit a percentage of your monthly to a philanthropic goal. For example, we know that nearly unregulated junk food marketing has at least contributed to systemic diabetes and obesity. We should not do that. It's recently been reinforced in a super fun way that only vaccinating people in wealthy countries against a novel coronavirus is both inexcusably unethical and also comes back to bite those same wealthy countries in the ass because viruses don't give a shit about GDP. And even in wealthy countries, decades of denying healthcare to marginalized citizens breeds distrust in the medical system just when you need it the most, say during a pandemic. And we now know that decades of rampant air pollution from fossil fuels, combined with diabetes, obesity, and said lack of trust, equates to a higher mortality rate among those exposed to all of them. Those are second-order effects. It's just math. Like all of our DBB constructs, you can play this game at home. Want to contribute 10% of your income to philanthropy? Great. Noble cause. What are the probable second-order effects of such a commitment? One, you'll feel good. Two, you'll get involved with an organization or two or three on a more ongoing basis. Three, you'll meaningfully contribute to said organization's mission and outcomes. Four, you'll model positive behavior for friends, neighbors, and children, possibly increasing overall giving. Five, you'll have 10% less take-home cash every month. Six, you'll have to readjust your monthly and annual budget to compensate for 10% less cash. Seven, you might get a bit of that back at tax time. 
Eight, you might discover other avenues for automatically putting your income to work, say, in a climate-focused index fund. And nine, you'll have less cash to blow on artisanal chocolate in the checkout line. Don't at me. Always ask, what comes next? What does it mean to not vote for city council? What does it mean to not vote for school board? What does it mean to cleanse your portfolio of extractive companies? What does it mean to have children? Pure joy, crippling exhaustion. What does it mean to quit your job and start over? To offer your employees 20% of their time to work on efforts to do better, better. So, what comes next? In climate change news, billions and billions of emissions served. McDonald's, despite a decade of promises, has yet to meaningfully address their considerable methane emissions. It's an incomprehensibly difficult task. I don't envy it. But McDonald's recently declared, when you eat one of our world-famous burgers, you're joining a movement toward a more sustainable future. And now we're furious. It's that, according to recent and quite rigorous research, they haven't really tried. This quote from Bloomberg sums it up, but the entire report is worth a read. Quote, there does not seem to be any proactive involvement or serious investment by McDonald's to support its suppliers or make significant changes in its beef supply chain, says Nick Lease, a senior lecturer in agribusiness management at Lincoln University in Christchurch, New Zealand, who studies beef sustainability programs in several countries. The land use required for beef consumption is an enormous problem on its own, see deforestation. But cattle burps are a major contributor to methane emissions, which don't last nearly as long in the atmosphere as carbon, but do lock in far more heat in the short term. Which is what makes their continued growth so goddamn exasperating. Reducing methane emissions is maybe the easiest and most significant lever we have to pull to slow global warming this decade. Meanwhile, McDonald's produces more emissions than Norway, and the total's only going up. Your action step? Read The Lentil Underground by Liz Carlisle to understand how these valuable crops can retake and remake American land, soil, food, and industry and help slow emissions at the same damn time. In COVID news, no, the tests aren't free. In light of our upcoming inaugural Delta winter and the new kid variant Omicron, President Biden announced new plans for increased vaccination sites, boosters, travel requirements, and at-home tests that to be crystal clear, are not free, just as his existing mandates were getting knocked down by judges. So why are the tests free? Well, because in most instances, you still have to pay for them out of pocket, around 20 bucks a box, and then insurance will theoretically reimburse you. Why aren't tests everywhere and free? Why has testing and tracing been abandoned 100 years after it worked for smallpox? Why do we insist on doing it this way? Why hasn't two relentless years of COVID forced us to rebuild public health, to reorient how we respond to pandemics, much less prepare for them or prevent them? More to come. Whatever you read, we don't know the implications of the Omicron variant yet. And with significant existing vaccine hesitancy, a fragile healthcare system, and significant vaccine access obstacles in South Africa, we can't blame the new variant exclusively on greedy wealthy countries hoarding shots, especially when we don't even know where Omicron came from. But we sure as hell know the probability of a more communicable and potentially more dangerous mutation is drastically increased so long as billions of humans, just like you and I, remain unvaccinated. Your action step. Follow friend of the pod, Dr. Sam Scarpino's new Pandemic Prevention Institute on Twitter for ultra-reputable situation reports on Omicron and the rest. In food and water news, show your work. A few weeks ago, we covered environmentalists' inevitable pushback on plant-based meat manufacturers' claims that their products were, in a variety of ways, measurably better for the planet than real beef. 
We did it because they're inexplicably still not bringing receipts, and we're not going to make meaningful progress without receipts. It turns out the answer may have been sitting right in front of us on the nutrition label. Thankfully, Matthew Hayek and Jan Dutkiewicz did the math and showed their work. Animal agriculture is somewhere around 15% of global emissions. Not great, Bob. Of course, power sector-related emissions are a far greater share, but even if we shut down or electrified those right now, we're in overtime. Growing appetites for beef and dairy would still push us over the 1.5 to 2 degree mark. Not apocalyptic compared to the alternatives, and yet, have you been outside lately? So, back to that nutrition label. From the report at Vox, quote, According to FDA regulations, food companies must list all ingredients on product labels, meaning that much of the black box of plant-based protein can be unlocked simply by looking at the back of the package. Labels on conventional meat also do not disclose all the inputs and processes that went into producing it, like what the cow ate, how they were treated, how much water they used, etc. If you're eating a Beyond Burger, you might not know exactly where its peas come from or how it was packaged, but you would know that peas were the most used crop ingredient and we already know peas impact. The fact is that the overwhelming majority of the environmental impacts of our food are a result of what happens on farms, not in manufacturing or shipping. So, your action step. Read the rest of that article. You can find the link in the emailed newsletter. Share it with some friends who are thinking about eating less meat, and then give the authors some props, do kids still say props, for their important work. And by the way, if you have an action step to recommend, just reply to our email or send the deets to questions at importantnotimportant.com and we'll check them out. In health and bio news, is there a data scientist on board? Yes, we did repurpose our own headline from last week. We're on the cusp of enormous groundbreaking biotech advances, but there aren't enough data scientists available to do the work. In stat, oncology researcher Nikhil Munshi said, data science is throwing biology into a paradoxical crisis of both plenty and scarcity. Which is all to say the jobs of the future and today aren't being filled. But why? It's relatively simple. Every company is a data science company now, not just the tech behemoths destroying democracy. And the pool of available scientists is only so large. But the economic trade-offs in not staffing this biotech revolution could be steep. According to a new Schmidt Futures report by way of Axios, quote, the biology-based economy was already generating $960 billion in economic activity in 2016, 5% of U.S. GDP. But should the U.S. invest billions in bioeconomy research and manufacturing, it has the potential to create more than a million new jobs, keep $260 billion in economic activity from going overseas, and reduce annual CO2 emissions by 450 million tons. Your action step. The report recommends the government invest $600 million over five years in a bioproduction science initiative overseen by the National Science Foundation, as well as another $1.2 billion in bioproduction infrastructure and public-private partnerships to scale development. All things considered, that works for us. Use Common Cause to find and call your reps and then tell them to support that report. In beep-boop news, pre-crime isn't working. Crime prediction software that targeted one in every 33 U.S. residents across almost 6 million predictions over the past three years drastically over-targeted Blacks, Latinos, and families that would qualify for the Federal Free and Reduced Lunch Program, and their predictions were mostly stored on unsecured servers. Last year, over 1,000 mathematicians wrote a letter pleading with colleagues not to work with the police community, and specifically around this kind of software, and even more specifically with this software's creator, PredPol. 
Why? Because almost universally across the globe, these algorithms and often the data sets they're designed on are rife with bias, but implemented nonetheless. Your action step. We cannot recommend enough that you contribute to the markups investigative journalism. We rely on their work every week, and nobody does a better job surfacing the biases built into these systems and then showing their work to prove it. From the notebook, ex-Googler Timnit Gebru started her own ethical AI research center. Hell yeah. Our sewer systems aren't ready for climate change. Renewables are about to go ham. But what does it mean for precious metals? Two years ago, we interviewed the delightful Dr. KT Ramesh about the need to nudge, not explode, an incoming asteroid. This week, the mission launched. The pedestrian infrastructure money machine is about to go brr. An incredible visualization of the coronavirus in one tiny drop. There's no snow in Denver on December 2nd. Is it the first time? Batteries are extraordinarily cheap. And this is the plan to protect lower Manhattan from another Sandy. Will it work? Let's talk important jobs real quick. Every week, we share featured roles from important jobs right here in the newsletter. If you're hiring and want to get your open role in front of our entire community, submit a featured role for free by clicking the link in the newsletter. This week, Give Directly is looking for a senior manager of operations. Run for something looking for a community manager and director of communications. Anja Health looking for their chief of staff. Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation looking for an engineer in the Childhood Cancer Data Lab. Also looking for a data scientist in the Childhood Cancer Data Lab. And Pacha is looking for a data engineer. You can browse 50 plus open roles or list your own for free at importantjobs.com. Do it now. Important guests in the news. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse wants to tackle plastic ocean waste. Jessica Cisneros is running again and once again coming up against big oil money. And Representative Lauren Underwood had her veterans mental health bill signed by President Biden. Huzzah! By the way, you can revisit any and every of our critically acclaimed podcast conversations by clicking the link in the newsletter. One of our favorite parts of the week is hearing from readers, and we try to respond to as many folks as we can. Give us a shout. Did you find our newsletter useful? Why or why not? All right, that's it for this week. Hit subscribe right now so you get next week's analysis straight to your feed. And if you want to go deeper on any of the news or find your action steps, just go to importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. Thanks for being a part of our community and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend.